all hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving break, all you Holly weirdos. So Bryce and I decided to serve you up with some seconds and some possible thirds with this juicy little mini-sode. Now we decided to take you on a little virtual tour with us to a little town outside of Los Angeles called Pomona. In a 2015 article of some of the most haunted cities in California, Pomona ranked number one. We'll sit down and talk about some of its most haunted or claimed to be haunted places that surround Pomona. We talk about the Phillips Mansion, which is Pomona's own haunted mansion, the Spadra Cemetery, Antique Row, and of course, we save the best for last, the Pomona Fairplex. Now, this is the spooky gravy that goes on your second helping of your mashed potatoes. We have a recorded account from a former scare actor who had witnessed a full body apparition at the Fairplex when it's turned into the Scareplex during Halloween. We sit down and discuss what he may have witnessed and what could be behind that manifestation. So sit back, relax, grab an extra helping of pumpkin pie or pecan pie as we get Holly weird in Pomona. Hey guys, welcome oh, to another hey. fun-filled episode of Holly Weird Paranormal Podcast. Yes. We are your host, Tammy Merhab Chavez. Hello, I'm Bryce Mitchell Williams. And you're probably already getting over your Thanksgiving hangover, right? Yeah, all that trip to fan. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably by the time you're listening to this mm. is when we've already gotten over, you know, the turkey, the gravy, yeah. and spending time with the fam or having the friends giving. Yeah. But uh, we wanted you guys to have seconds with this episode. Yeah. What goes better with leftovers ghosts. than like some ghosts, right? Like right. They, they are the gravy of the soul. That, they are. Quote me. I quote me that. on that. I really like that. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone desubscribes. Like, this, uh, this idiot. They, des- they desubscribe or they actually <laughs> quote it on Twitter. Yeah. Look, ghosts are the gravy of the soul. I stand by it. You heard it here first. Breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> well, we wanted to do this quick little episode for yes. you guys because we wanted to venture a little further away from Los Angeles and Hollywood. Yeah. There's a lot of places outside of Los Angeles within the county line, of course, that yeah. are always overlooked. Places like Fullerton and the Redlands, yes. Riverside. It's so funny that you say that because I just think of all of those as Los Angeles. Like, Me I too. kind of just imagine. Amalgam, like I, all the way, like all the way down to Orange County. I'm like, yeah, 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 that's LA. Orange County is not LA. It's not. It's the other California. That's but why it's called the OC. I, I just anything that's like <laughs> LA adjacent. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's that's LA. That's LA. Like, no, no, it's not. <laughs> It doesn't feel like it when you drive out there. No, it does not. Oh, God, no. But it is definitely a different world. Mm -hmm. But if you think about it, you brought this up Mm -hmm. like in several episodes Mm. that all these places are historical, but they're not that old. Like you think of the history of L.A., it's like 100 and plus years, Mm -hmm. right? And when I was looking into the city that we're going to talk about, Pomona, Mm -hmm. it's only like 100 and like... 
20 plus years old. That's the sort of legacy of sort of California in general is that the history of this area is quite rich and quite storied Mm -hmm. and very like ancient. But the history of like Los Angeles and like white people in Los Angeles is like 100 years old. It is 100 (laughs) years old. There is no ancient history here. Exactly. That involves the city. There is history here that we have rudely glossed over and like that missionaries glossed over. like right the history of california is actually quite like fraught if you really like break it down but <laughs> yeah. in terms of like modern history is like uh yeah a hundred years old is nothing, nothing. it is a blip <laughs> if you think about it like new orleans right. savannah or god forbid Saint you like Augustine. leave the country like i was just out of the country and like these like cobblestones are like 600 years older than like the founding of our country i'm like sorry so these cobblestones were already 600 years old when our country was founded like yeah yeah yeah. these are the originals oh my god, oh my god. what am i even looking at right now <laughs> what like, am I, even I don't understand <laughs> like yeah this is the original uh it was made in um 900 a.d I'm like what, what? the fuck <laughs> okay well sorry for our baby little city here we are it's always so youthful here. So, yes. <laughs> well, we're going to be talking about one haunted little city here yes. called Pomona. Oh, that old place. I know. So we have a couple <laughs> of listeners from Pomona yes, and people have been wanting us to cover this place. And I, I agree. I see why mm. it's always been overlooked because it's not that old. But um, <laughs> obsessed. <laughs> but honestly, it has a lot of history. It does. When yeah. you look into these places, they're kind of like the underdog places of yeah. LA. Like we're just so focused and fixated, hyper fixated on mm. Hollywood history and LA Truly. history. But beyond the 405, if you go way into the San Gabriel Valley mm-hmm. or even past that, you'll realize like there's more history out oh, there yeah. and more ghosts. And we might be young, but we cram a lot into that century. Exactly. There's a lot in there. So, here we go. We're going to be venturing into some pretty haunted cities in our future episodes. So, we wanted yes. to start with this one, Pomona. You're haunted like a mother. And, uh, <laughs> wh- like, I'm sure I'm sure some of you guys are like, well, where's Pomona? Pomona is a city of Los Angeles County. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's located in the Pomona Valley between the Inland Empire and the San Gabriel Valley. Yes. So, Inland Empire represent you guys also have a lot of haunts a tremendous amount of haunts now this place was originally named spadra in 1866 (laughs) so there you go 1866 do the math by the 1880s the arrival of the coachella valley water which together with the railroad access made it the western anchor of the citrus growing regions look i've never been on a train that wasn't haunted so like i know that shit's haunted a train no, ma'am. <laughs> choo choo choo. Yeah. Get possessed. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Pomona was officially incorporated on January 6, 1888. Hilarious. So it's a bit still. Now, in, 2000, in a 2015 article, Pomona was ranked one of the most haunted cities in California. Damn. Personally, it's neck and neck with Fullerton because Fullerton definitely has a ton of haunts. Truly. In the late 1800s, you had this gentleman by the name of Lewis Phillips, Mm. who's one of the richest men in the country and uh, a merchant and prolific landowner. Phillips played a huge role in the development of the Pomona Valley. He wasn't a fan of the city of Pomona itself, but he and his wife 
built a spectacular house in nearby Spadra in 1875. Hmm. Now, according to a story that ran on L.A. Curved, uh, the Phillipses built a grand mansion for 20 grand near the site oh of God. the old <laughs> Toby. Look, I know how inflation works. I know that that's 20 grand <laughs> in 1800s dollars. But could you imagine... I know. I would punch anyone listening to this podcast in the face for a house that sold for $20,000. Like, I love all y'all. You know I do. But like, 20000 20 grand. Could you what imagine? Is, what is that in today's money? I'm going to look it up because I guarantee you it's at least three. So the bricks used to build this house was made on site by Joseph Mullally of, Lo- of Los Angeles. More befitting a French home in New Orleans than the Wild West. The 12-room home featured cherry and maple interiors, and it was lighted throughout with gas manufactured on the premises. Hmm. The rooms were bright and cheerful with a fireplace in almost every space. Damn. So, what did you find on your... It's actually not <laughs> as high as I was thinking. I just assume the market is so bad that it's still... I, I stand by it. It still would go for $3 million, I guarantee it. Uh, <laughs> but it's actually only 693000 um, Wow. You know, really affordable. Uh, super Damn. within our price range. Yeah. Yeah. But I guarantee it's going to go high, for higher than that. Yeah. Yeah. But just give it a, a year or two, maybe. Plus. <laughs> So Phillips and his family would live in the mansion until his death in 1900, while the home would remain in his family for many decades. The town of Spotter was already in decline and mm. would eventually be grabbed up by Pomona in 1964. And while the city also saved the decaying mansion, it mostly sits abandoned with an occasional historical tour. Mm. So the Philip Mansion, I'm going to show you a picture of it. Have you seen it? No. Okay, so it does look like your typical haunted mansion. So a lot of folks in Pomona really believe that this mansion is haunted. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is textbook. Yes. It fits it. It fits the billing. Yeah. Right? Just throw some Spanish moss. Truly, I know. The three, you know, hitchhiking ghosts in the front, and you have the <laughs> yeah, Dimension Disney right there. Hilarious. So I've tried to find ghost stories, full body apparition accounts of this mansion, and I can't find anything. Hmm. People really do claim that the Phillipses still reside in this house in spirit. But here we are. I, I, I couldn't find anything any sort of legend attached to it but what i did Mm. end up finding on video on tiktok through a user who claimed that they captured a so-called apparition of an old man or woman in one of the windows damn so they believe that it's possibly the spirit of either his wife esther Mm. or it could be well and but how many times have we talked about places where it's like the lore of the place like the town believing that it's haunted makes the place haunted exactly like the lore becomes bigger than the actual location do they create an it, its own egregore right totally it's like this thought form all of a sudden and it's like okay well the town believes it so then it becomes real mm-hmm. crazy so i'm going to show you oh, this God. picture <laughs> i'm going to be really brave be very brave but it's going to be one of those things that you have to squint so this is what okay. this creator captured while venturing outside of the mansion yeah, you do have to squint a little bit. That's very interesting. Yeah, so it does look like a face. But it does. I don't know if it's like one of those things of like, is it, what is it called, pareidolia, where we want it to be something? Yeah. I wondered too if it's like 
I'm so intrigued by this. Yeah, I mean, it clearly looks like a face. I would be interested to see if they went back multiple times. Yeah. And if it continued to show up. Exactly. Because that could just be like a wrinkle in the screen or something, too. Right. But it so, does look, that looks like a face. It does. We'll post it on yeah, our yeah. Instagram. We, you know, honestly, just like offer up your own opinions on it. But honestly, yeah. it's, it's, to me, it's inconclusive. Yeah. And it kind of does look like a face, but if she had um, taken multiple pictures, mm-hmm. we could have differentiated from those other yeah. pictures. And we always talk about this. Like it's all. Oh, it's yeah. like if you go in wanting to see something, absolutely. That's great. I love you know me. I'm a bit of a skeptic, but I love <laughs> optimism. You skeptic, guys. I know, but like optimistically, <laughs> yes. Um, so I, I get it, but you definitely do taint your experience by mm-hmm. bringing that in. So it's just important to remember, like, yeah, wanting to see something is also a variable. Exactly. It's a science. Yes. And we've seen this and heard about this many mm-hmm. times, AKA Loman house. People totally. really are going to think they're going to see the ghosts of the victims of the Sharon Tate Manson murders. They do. Mm-hmm. It's a sort of, you know, self-fulfilling experience, which exactly. is great, but yeah, that's that's very interesting. I would be interested like if she went again or took multiple photos. I would be interested to see what that experience would, would be. Would you like. be interested in walking inside? Um, <laughs> during maybe the during the day. With yeah, the doors open, yeah, yeah. The windows yeah. open so you can fly. And yeah, just jump like out of it during the day with like a trail of snacks <laughs> to lead me through the house. Like ooh, like another Reese's pieces. Yum. Tray. It's for yeah. him. It's for him. Truly, we have like, to put it like make a trail of cheese up the stairs yeah. into certain secret packs. I'm a grown man. I know what I need. (laughs) She's cute. (laughs) All right. So not too far from Mm. the haunted mansion is a cemetery. So this is called the Spadra Cemetery. And this actually is the epicenter of all legends in Hmm. Pomona. So this graveyard is the the eternal home of the residents of the vanished California town of Spadra. And of course, it is the resting place of Lewis and his wife, Esther. Now, There's a lot of gravestones that date back in the cemetery as early as the 1800s. Um, This grave was built in 1867 on land that was donated by Lewis Phillips. It carries close to 212 graves Mm. with a lot of the original Spadra town folk. Now, this old Western cemetery is believed to be haunted by those buried here. And people in Pomona have claimed to have seen some very weird lights and apparitions during odd hours, shadow figures Mm. and people that do not look like they're a part of this time period. However, the cemetery has seen its share of vandals for quite some time. So Hmm. I'm wondering if people have probably mistaken grave robbers and their flashlights for apparitions which is a possibility because sure. there has been a lot of vandalism within the cemetery oh god like i hate that i don't know why but I, look i've done and seen a lot of things <laughs> uh i'm pretty i would consider myself not fully jaded but nothing really like shocks me anymore mm-hmm. uh grave robbing is something that i still find really repulsive like really seriously it is like the lowest of the low crime in my mind like oh what do you have to do to like grave no wonder this place is haunted because it's been vandalized i would be turning of that energy exactly and look if anyone's a grave robber that's listening to this like live your life no judgment but for me no you're being judged by me it it just feels like one of those things that you read in like 
a Dickensian novel. Right. And you're just like, oh, Mary Shelley, like, grave robbing. Like, oh, clutch my pearls. Like, it just is so <laughs> abhorrent to me. But, you know, live your life, I guess. Ooh. You mean these that I dug up from a corpse? I know. Yes, these pearls? Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh, exactly. <laughs> Well, the most popular ghost here is that of James Fryer. So according to legend and according to many accounts, people have claimed to see an apparition of a young man in his middle ages roaming around the cemetery whom they believe is Fryer himself because it is said that his apparition ends up stopping at his grave and he disappears into his grave. Yeah, so that is one of the biggest legends Mm. of Spadra Cemetery. I know it's a bit of a sequestered area in Mm. Pomona to go venture to. Like, you have to go... I don't know, between a street and a, and, and I think sure. a, a freeway, it's down a, thir- a dirt road to visit the cemetery. It's, it's a little difficult to find, yeah. but, um, it's really interesting to kind of venture through if you can kind of sneak in. Yeah. But like talk about the weird energy of like this place. It's like a resting place and you're a freeway and a the lot, town, a, like a lot the of town these, itself yeah. doesn't exist. Like the, the, the displacement alone Nothing is so crazy. Lasts. Truly. Even it, like, it doesn't have to be specifically in LA, even outside of LA, mm-hmm. not a lot of things last. Truly not. Mm-hmm. Now there's another area in Pomona that is called Antique Road. This is such a cool place if you want to go antiquing. Awesome. If you're in your Senora days if you just want to grab a coffee where your trunk was your you know Birkenstocks Mm -hmm. with your socks and carry on a little iced tea and iced coffee down this this road, this is the place to go. I do want all of those things. Yes. You know, <laughs> living that life. So Antique Row is um, filled with old antique shops, and many of the locals believe that these shops are haunted. So there are people who've gone on certain blogs and talked about Antique Damn. Row, and there's a couple of people who've claimed like, they'll go into these shops and feel a weird energy or huh. sh- or see shadow figures in some of these shops. Interesting. So it's one of those things where is it the land? Is it the businesses? Right. Or is it the items? the items that hold a lot of energy? Huh. So, yeah. But it does have a lot of ghosts. Ghosts of the cat and hat past. So if you guys remember the movie Cat in the Hat, sure. this was a big exterior shot that was shot off of antique row. So you can see remnants of it. I'm going to show you a picture, but they have left like the scenery design on certain parts of antique row from that film. So Lawrence of Arabia. Like, Oh no, just leave it in the (laughs) desert. Like we're not, we're just not gonna. So look, they left it. Oh my God. That is a big ice cream. (laughs) Above that shop. No, we'll just leave it here. They'll be fine. Yeah. What the hell? That's so funny to me. So they just like left it there. They were like, no, leave it there. And it's so cute and so cool. So yeah, there's some parts of, you know, that film that still haunt Antique Road. That is so, that is the most LA response. Like, no, (laughs) just leave it there. This small town will deal with it. Like, oh my God. Hey guys, we wanted to introduce you to a new podcast from Travel Channel called Pop Paranormal. Mm. If you're a fan of cult horror classics and the paranormal, then this is your podcast. We are fans of pop horror classics. It does look good on us. It does look good on us. We Mm -hmm. know our brand. Pop Paranormal is a horror movie podcast hosted by Kara Mahorn and Chuck Collins. They're married and are the geekiest couple you know. And each episode they talk about their favorite horror and paranormal movies. 
They also include recommendations on cult horror classics, how some of these movies have changed the TV and film landscape, and they include some behind-the-scenes tidbits like how bees have been used in some scenes where you may have thought they were fake. <clears throat> Candyman? Cough. Cough. Don't say his name two more times. I refuse to be in a mirror in the dark, so we're fine. It's totally fine. Speaking about cult horror classics, um, your girl was in the Halloween yes. episode that they released. This was a fun episode. We talked everything about Michael Myers, mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis, and of course, fan conspiracy theories. Yes. Besides the amazing episodes that they produced, the real gem of this podcast is the chemistry of this amazing couple. They truly have their finger on the pole of pop culture. They've been doing this for a long time. They know where this industry has been. They know where this genre is going and they are the taste makers. Caramel Horn, aka The Blurred Girl, is a culture critic parked at the intersection of pop culture and diversity, which is where I get my bus every morning. Go figure. I love mm. that. It's my favorite intersection. And Chuck Collins is a comic book artist, podcaster, and horror connoisseur. Each week, they dissect their favorite horror and paranormal classics with deep cuts and current faves that have a lasting impact on pop culture. They're a horror match made in nerd heaven. Yeah, it's my favorite of all the heavens. (laughs) Listen to Pop Paranormal on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm ready to watch a horror film. What about you? I'm ready to get some popcorn. All right. Now here, I've saved the best for last. Yes. It is the Pomona Fairplex. Oh, my God. Now, I'm going to play this interview and we're going to jump into it. So um, we're going to listen to our friend Andre. He did give me permission to play his interview for the podcast. So thank you so much. But Andre was a um, a scare character for a haunted attraction at the Fairplex. Nice. I think it was called Scareplex or Fearplex, something like that. I love it. I think it's Fearplex. But he dressed as a demon as <laughs> you character, do. Yeah. characters and it seemed like this demon got the crap scared out of him oh my god so we're gonna listen to his story and, yes. s- and figure out what scared him hello i'm andre Jesno from instagram uh i worked at a haunted house um and the pomona fairplex it was during like a very empty year no one was really there and Pomona Fairfax used to be uh, an asylum, and the white plot spot where we were at was actually a part of the main building when it before it was like demolished. So, I'm actually in like a demon outfit. It is called the House of Black, was what it was called. And literally, I was just in my section in my area. There was already rumors that they could see something moving through the haunt, but they every time they chased it, they couldn't find it. And literally, I kid you not, there was a little spirit that kind of walked around my box, made little eye contact or none at all throughout the whole time. And then once it got towards the end of my room, it turned around and stared at me for a little bit and walked off. And a lot of other people in their costumes were chasing after it. And when it got to my room and they went and went past where my room was, they couldn't find it anymore. I was literally the only person to see this little apparition walk around the box I was in and just walk out like nothing happened. Like literally looked at me and just just, just kept walking. Like literally it was the spookiest, craziest thing I've ever seen. And plus any other haunt I've ever been in, I've seen things and it's nuts. And it's crazy. On a fairplex, the fairgrounds, it was a Japanese internment camp. I'm shook. So apparently what I saw was probably a ghost of someone that was actually there 
that was in the internment camp looked at me and didn't just really pay attention or just kind of walked along like it was walking around for like exercise or something I'm shook I just saw a little just short person or whatever walk around there and just not really look at me till towards got towards the end of the exit look back and walk off it was kind of like they're going for like daily exercise or something I didn't know and there are actually tunnels that actually lead to asylum that was close by. So there, apparently, there if someone went crazy in the camp, there were underground tunnels leading it to a nearby asylum. So either I saw a Japanese person that died in the internment camp, or I saw a crazy person that came from the asylum to the main part of where it is. I'm shook. I didn't know that. that. And there's a plaque, apparently. It's a plaque recognizing that that was actually there. Wow. I also talked to the guy that actually owned the haunt, um, Larry Bones. Everyone knows him in the haunt community. And apparently what I got from him is on the Fairplex Clowns, there was actually a place for the criminally insane. So either I saw in a Japanese person, a POW, or a criminally insane person that didn't choose to interact with me. And I had this happen before at Old Town Haunt in Pasadena, and there's tunnels down there. And the story that we put out for the haunt, I actually saw those actual people, so the story was actually real. This is not, this is crazy. And I just always somewhat experience stuff all the time. Let me just say that every time, because I have a lot of friends who do like Hollywood Horror Nights and Mm -hmm. Not Scary Farm and like, right, like we're in the entertainment industry. All of our friends like do those things. And every time they're like, you definitely have to come. Never in my life will I be going to any (laughs) horror related. Like the only thing that I like is Disney during Halloween does Nightmare Before Christmas theme things everywhere. That is the level I can handle. I absolutely will not be going somewhere to get scared knowing that like this story is not the anomaly like yes so many of my friends have like unexplained stories of their time working in like different haunts no pass hard pass forever because these places are you know they were once businesses or once Girl, built over the gasp and something. like jaw drop yeah when he said it was a japanese internment camp because that is like look it is a dark part of we were just talking about it is a dark part of our history as a city and as a country and it was inexcusable then and we know now how horrifying it was but that happens quite frequently where it's like oh that like thing that you didn't realize it used to be a japanese internment camp and you're like what the fuck like yeah that, that is very common so what LA. i found on the la times at mm. the height of the world war ii following the bombing of pearl harbor president franklin mm-hmm. d roosevelt signed executive order 9066 which gave the military authority to remove native-born and longtime residents of japanese descent uh, from the Pacific Coast, anyone who was at least one sixteenth Japanese mm-hmm. fell under the order as well. As a result, the Los Angeles County Fairgrounds became home to the Pomona Assembly Center, a stop on the way to long-term incarceration. Mm-hmm. So between May 7th and August 24th of 1942, the fairgrounds housed more than 5,400 detainees. The majority of the Japanese Americans held there came from downtown East LA, mm. while others arrived from as far as Santa Clara County mm-hmm. and San Francisco. 
and former detainees recall how they were dehumanized. Their names replaced by identity numbers, their families packed into rooms with paper thin walls and outside armed guards staffing security towers. And here's another tidbit too. As of May 1st, I think uh, a couple years back, the Fairplex was also used as a temporary shelter for more than 500 migrant children who have arrived unaccompanied at the U.S.-Mexico border mm-hmm. since March. Well, then that's what I was going to say is like yeah. that is our history, but we also have not learned that lesson. History like, repeats itself. Constantly. And here we are in 2022 and we're still dealing with this problem of like the way that we treat migrant peoples in general in this country and mm-hmm. especially children i mean it, it's horrible for everyone but like these are children that we are watching on our watch mm-hmm. in cages whatever you feel politically look i swear to god i'm not trying to make this like a political commentary but regardless here of but here we are <laughs> you've been on this train before <laughs> I, and i will be so again because yeah. I, feel, I feel very strongly about this that like children in cages is not a political uh, talking point. It is a human rights violation that is happening on our watch. And I feel very strongly about that. And again, it's like this very weird thing where we talk about it and, you know, the history feels like, oh, well, that would never happen here. That would never happen to us. I would never like be silent when that happens. And yet here we are. And yeah, they come from a different place. You know, um, obviously that was a very specific kind of racism towards Japanese Americans. Of course. Uh, but now we're looking at, you know, immigrants from all over the world who are seeking asylum here. And we are treating them with the same kind of racism that has plagued this country from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's very jarring to hear those things. All of that to say, I swear I'm not trying to make it political. Uh, that's energy at its core. Racism is energy. It is a it is a seed of evil in this country that stirs up. So yeah, you know, if you want to bring it back to the paranormal, of course these places are haunted <laughs> because of these atrocities that have been occurring there. Like at the very least, whatever you may or may not feel about it, I'm not trying to ostracize anybody. I'm not trying to politicize this. But at the very least, you have to understand that that is an energy that is echoing through the modern day like there's it's still happening today like it is yeah it's not going anywhere because it continues to happen well i said it before from our favorite historian jeff verlander yes. history is like ghosts and they demand to be remembered yes they can never be forgotten and um i mean like i said it's like we can never learn yeah. from history it's like it keeps on repeating itself for a reason yeah mm-hmm. it's very it's one of my least favorite things about humanity in general and I think our generation, especially, and younger. But it's this idea of like, or maybe it's all humans. I don't know. Uh, I have to learn things the hard way. I have to learn things on my own. And it's like very counterintuitive. That is, yeah. we are a pack mentality species. We we thrive in community. We thrive to protect the herd. And we're trying to have a society here. I would like a society that protects the weakest of us. I don't believe that the weak should be called or that they shouldn't be mm-hmm. allowed to be members of society like that the reason we have a society is to protect the weakest among us um but for whatever reason we have this very ingrained romanticized idea of like i have to learn things the hard way i have to learn things my way and we do that on micro and macro levels as a species and it's like didn't we already learn this fucking lesson like putting people <laughs> right. in internment camps is not acceptable not good, it does not work not it is look. not a good look yeah and then here we are and we're doing the same fucking thing mm-hmm. drives me and like look again this is like interpersonally and globally like we do it 
in all aspects. Like whenever I have a friend, I know, but I just have to like learn things the hard way. I just look them in the eye. You don't. You literally don't. You don't really. It's a have choice. To. It is a choice. Mm-hmm. As with everything. <laughs> I swear to God, the rant's over. God, guys, stay on, stay on focus, please. Thank you. We choose to go down these tunnels of I, Pomona. <laughs> Segway. I deeply do choose. I I say that I don't mean to, but you know. Yes, I know. No, I, we all know. Blinks innocently. <laughs> oh, what a nightmare. Well, there are tunnels in Pomona. Yes. And there are tunnels that go from north to south Foothill Boulevard and upland to Holt Boulevard in Ontario, California as well. Then east to west from Mountain Avenue to Grove Avenue. For those of you guys that live mm. up in that area, they go three, five levels into the earth. And um, from a historian that I was talking Oof. about with the about these tunnels, too, um, he said that this is because um, he used to work at Chafee High School and oh, he yeah. found a map. And this is the map that actually explained like the tunnel system, which oh, is really interesting. Now, underneath the basement is a stairway that curls like a submarine stairway, according to this historian. I guess in regards to Chafee High School, each entrance has nuclear fallout shelter signs, and these signs can be seen around most buildings at Chafee. Um, Also, his friends um, used to go to these tunnels underneath the gym at Chafee High School, and they were able to go down three levels below, and apparently they saw some sort of a creature there. So, yes, there are some weird things besides ghosts in these tunnels. Holy shit. Yeah, I can imagine. If you go to the Ontario Library, you might be able to mm. find these plans. These appear to be um, built during um, around the missile crisis. Sure. However, he thinks that they're older, probably started back in 1920s when the school, Shafee High School, was being finished as construction started. Um, as early as 1895, if you grew up in that area, sure. especially by Ontario, Pomona, Upland, mm. then you knew about these tunnels and you would always venture into these tunnels. No, not me. <laughs> no, I just watched. Um, did you watch Barbarian? It's on Netflix. Oh, my gosh. Oh, let me just say, <sighs> you, there is an amount of money that you could pay me to go into a dark tunnel under a home. Under an Airbnb. Girl, it's it's a big <laughs> amount of money. It's a lot of money. I'm surprised you watched that. I know. I've been so brave Ooh, recently. I'm I know. very proud of you. I did. There were several, several parts where my fingers were over my eyes. And I, I was bet. like looking through the cracks <laughs> of my fingers because I am a chicken. Like, it's fine. Know your brand. Uh, but yeah, it's a really good movie for anyone who hasn't seen it. It's it's so well done. It Adam is. Brody's character. Or sorry, I said the wrong name. Justin Long's character. Yeah. All those white brown haired boys. They're all the same. <laughs> um, he's so he's so good. He and did such so, a good job. Like you just want to punch him. But he's like every he's every man. He's so good in this movie. Yes. And the woman, I, all of them. They're all just so good. Yeah. Ugh, iconic. You know, what was so good about that movie. Like. Every other amazing horror film, mm. like Halloween, for example. Hello. Hello. Um, it's so simple. Yes. You don't need a it's lot. It's so simple. Yeah. It goes straight to the jugular in every mm-hmm. sense of the word. Like there's no like fillers. It just goes straight into the plot and it just yeah. leads you down a deeper, darker tunnel. And it's that <laughs> thing of like a horror movie is a reflection of our fear Exactly. The, the great ones are, right? Yeah. And so they show you a very heightened, simplified version of the thing that we fear. And this really is about gender relations and, like, the way that men and women treat each other and, like, what actually makes a monster. Yes. It's very simple. It's a straightforward concept. There's not a lot of, like, 
flash bells and there's some jump scares and things like that but yeah. it's very the story is very clean it's very understandable it's beautiful it's a great movie mm-hmm. and i was scared the whole time <laughs> <laughs> so um i have a friend that worked the after party like the rap oh, amazing, party yes. and they gave away like the barbarian they gave away yeah. bottles that said Stop. barbarian that is so funny like these like water flasks but they look like bait yeah oh my god Spoiler alert! Like, yeah, yeah there's I'll never look at a yeah. baby bottle the same way. Or, like, or like a whoa. baby, like uh, what is it? A baby raising video? Like fuck no, <laughs> no, 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 no. The chaos. The early stages of life. I can never look at that yeah, again. Yeah, hard pass. <laughs> so finally, yes. we came to the Pacific Colony. Yes. So this is very interesting about Pomona's history. Um, Andre talked about a uh, mental hospital. Yes. The Pacific Colony facility was located at 3530 Pomona Boulevard and it opened its doors in 1927 and it contained nearly 2,000 individuals who were deemed Damn. unfit to thrive and even a threat to society. Although mm. individuals in the Pacific Colony facility were treated as inmates, they lived in a small village of their own at Pacific Colony which included many recreational activities. Mm. So according to California's Department of Developmental Services, the site included a playground, a ballpark, a carousel, and a track, as well as work sites. Mm. So it was a place for these inmates and patients to work and play. Mm. Although the site offered much for residents, it lacked space and needed improvements. (laughs) Many have questioned the practices that took place at the facility. Some questions include a history of abuse, gasp, and malpractice towards patients. Of course. Uh, This could be partially due to the overcrowding of residents in the facility. Yeah. Channel Islands. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, look, I swear, I swear, I'm not trying to do it. I swear, I like, I'm trying as hard as I can not do it. Yeah, rip, just rip the band. It's ripped. Uh, the history of mental health in this city, in particular, is really daunting. So, like, it when, really is. Whenever people like point to like, oh, like LA is not that great. Like, look at your homeless population. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. You don't get to say that because you don't live here. I don't get to say that because I've only been here for ten years. Like, right. I'm not even a native. But like. The direct line from like, look, I'm I'm really not trying to be political, I swear. <laughs> uh, a certain president who was an actor who at one time was the governor of California. I don't know. <laughs> figure out who that is yourself. Uh, in the 80s, he wrote into law that like the mental health hospitals and, you know, part of it was a reaction to the abuse. So, again, right. as with all things in government. They paint with broad sweeping strokes. There's not a lot of nuance in governmental jurisdiction, and I get that. Like, I totally get why people want a smaller government. Oh, yeah. They paint with a paint roller, and this mental health crisis needed a very fine tooth comb, and they didn't do that. And so, essentially, what happened is that this person, he signed into order that all the mental hospitals be shut down, and they basically just had to open their doors and let people out, and that directly correlated into the homelessness crisis that we have had in this city for now 50 decades, or 50 years. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, And so, it's just very interesting. Like, yeah, was there a lot of problems? Deeply, like yes, I'm not, absolutely. I'm not advocating for mental hospitals. I'm not advocating for incarceration mm-hmm. as a solution to mental health, but it is just very interesting because once again, we're dealing with these like echoes of history. The mayoral race between uh, Karen Bass and Rick Caruso was literally a one-issue mayoral campaign yeah. on homelessness. Like we are literally dealing with the ramifications of that in the modern day and like why is there so many people in this city who are homeless 
Yes, it's, it's expensive. It's all those things. But it is a direct correlation from the mental health mistakes that were made in this state. It's not just L.A., but it, it really manifests here quite oh, aggressively. Yeah. <laughs> so that makes a lot of sense to me. Like, yeah, of course, this place. Yes, it needed to be shut down. Yes, those things need to be held accountable for. But like, where do all those people go once it's shut down? Blink, um, blink, blink, blink. Like, right down. Well, there a lot of them are by Skid Row. Yeah, they know? go right down the street. Like, there's nowhere else for if them to go. If you listen to our last episode mm-hmm. with Zachariah the Witch, what's outside of the Cecil? So people are too busy looking for ghosts inside this building, but then mm-hmm. the ghosts are actually outside the building. They're mm-hmm. our homeless population. They're the ghosts of our past that we refuse to acknowledge. Yeah. You know, hopefully, mm-hmm. I have I have a lot of hope. I don't believe that any. We know we don't vote for a savior. We vote for. A politician and they're mm-hmm. flawed they all are and politicians are the bus that gets us closer to where we want to be but right. they're not a taxi they're not going to do exactly what you want i have a lot of hope for our new mayor i really think she has a plan that i hope will work because i'm tired of i'm tired of homeless people being invisible in this city and not having dignity and you know i don't want to see them carted away i want to see them helped and i think right. she really I, I hope i have a lot of hope which for me, like, who, who, who is she? Could never. It, it, it's. I don't think it will ever be fixed. No, there will always. You know, statistically, there are so many people here. Just like by the numbers, oh, right? Yeah. Like, LA is so massive. Like when you think about it, like oh, the yeah. fact that it takes like two plus hours to get from like where we are in LA to Pomona, like that's still oh, LA. Yeah. Like it's insane. The density here is so crazy. So yeah, it Just is for a me lot. to get here to go. Girl, I know the four or five, no ma'am. <laughs> I was like, crap, there's a car that flipped on my way over oh, here. Brutal. <laughs> I know. Gotta love the four oh five. So here we are. <laughs> Spoopy. So real quickly. Yes. The Pacific Colony was originally for the mentally unfit, but over the decades, around 14,000 residents inhabited the facilities, but the complex did not serve as a mental institution at Hmm. this point. A shift took place in Pacific Colony after World War II ended and more funds were given to the site, which was renamed the Pacific State Hospital in 1953. So those who needed mental care were no Hmm. longer inmates locked away from society they were considered patients receiving care Hmm. and the hospital and facility building were fully closed on july 1st of 2015 the same year the property was transferred to california state polytechnic university in pomona damn but a lot of people believe that you know the said facility is home to many haunts wow and there is a legend that was started by the Fearplex. <laughs> so people have ran with the legend sure. of Mark Mangler, Stop. who was this <laughs> inmate that went on a killing spree. And it was really funny because I'm not going to name this. Oh, God. This YouTuber. Um, they're very popular, especially when it comes to the paranormal and their doll. But. It is. I was. I was listening to them on this video, and they were verbatim repeating the story of Mark Mangler and feeding it into this hilarious to this actual history. And I was like, you know, that this is the Fearplex's right. fictional story. Look, right? I don't want to like. I don't want to <laughs> overspeak, but I'm pretty sure anything that is like alliteration is not real, right? right. Like Mark <laughs> Mangler. Come on, like that's Let's like when I was in that. like fourth grade, like Chester the molester, like. <laughs> No, 
That is not real. <laughs> no one named Chester has ever existed in the history of the world. Like, it's fine. Exactly. So there is this legend that was started back in the day by Fairplex. It's a part of a fictional story for their haunt. Oh, right? my God. And um, it is claimed that there was the specific inmate that went on a killing spree, killing 25 other inmates and hospital workers. And him and the spirits of those victims <laughs> haunt the tunnels and the hospitals. But it is a fictional tale, folks. But this is how it happens, right? <laughs> this is how it happens. Something that starts as like promo material for yes. a, a, like an attraction yeah. gets like into the zeitgeist and then people start sharing it and then it becomes part of the legend and then people start believing it. Exactly. And then it manifests into like reality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the eye the roll. Tunnels Obsessed. Are, but the tunnels are definitely there. Girl. They do exist. And people have claimed that they've seen things like our historian friend here. And they've also claimed that they've seen apparitions Damn. of people in time period like clothes. And they've also seen shadow people in and around this area of the hospital, the former hospital and the tunnels. Damn. Yeah. So Pomona, we see why you are Spoopy. considered to be one of the spookiest cities in California. Time for but a I, I know seriously, but it seems like our friend Dr. Shiloh Hi. has a connection to these areas, and she messaged us and was like, "I could get us in." And just as an FYI, some of these places are definitely haunted, especially nice. the mansion. Yeah, yeah, she said that. There's some stories. Well, there, I trust definitely. her. You know what I yeah. mean. So, like, if <laughs> if she's saying it, then it's uh, it's pretty legit. Yeah. Because I trust her. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I trust the <laughs> Cineplex. Like, come on, y'all. Fearplex. Fearplex. Sorry. <laughs> well, I mentioned this too before, but I mean, it's kind of hard. I mean, mm. no, no, Tino shade to yeah, YouTubers, yeah. but there, I'm not gonna. <laughs> there is this other big paranormal YouTuber. Who went on the Queen Mary? Oh, God. This is why I tell people do not tag me on these YouTubers' pages because I'm like, I can't take them seriously. But this YouTuber called the Queen Mary the Titanic several times on their video. That is not real. That is not real. (laughs) I was like, did they just say that? Oh, my God. They thought it was the Titanic? They kept on calling it the Titanic. (laughs) <laughs> look there's a seat at the table for everyone but sometimes you don't get to sit at the adult table you know what i mean and like that is to the entity little jackie Stop. as little jesse oh god <laughs> i'm sorry look yeah and no shade to other creators like no. first we talked about this in the one episode with our friend um he has had experience but like first and foremost they are producing entertainment. That is always important. Like when you're on YouTube, yeah. when you're listening to this podcast, like first and foremost, we are providing an entertainment yes, we service. Are. I think we do a pretty good job of trying to also educate where we can, question where we can, learn where we can. Exactly. And you in particular are very good at like, let me see what I feel, not what I've heard, not what I've like through the grapevine like let me see what i experience and like what i can deduce and what i can like eliminate 
Mm-hmm. from my experience and then you're left with the truth so look we're all in the entertainment industry first and foremost so no shade to those people i want everyone to win i really do but like you gotta not call it the titanic <laughs> like that is look it's fine oh, i've made God. mistakes like that is so oh, same made, yeah, of course like, we, we have for mistakes, sure like with our research and it happens like even when i was talking to jeff belanger who's like a really big historian yeah. especially from the new england uh side of yeah, town yeah yeah um, like I was trying to tell him, like, it's so hard to find decent and reliable information totally. and research. And he said, yeah, it's really hard because you think about it, even back in the 1800s when I'm researching articles mm. from 1857, 1865, it's still unreliable because yeah. media was so accelerated mm-hmm. that they still got things wrong. I'm like, oh, true that. That's yeah. so true. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, yeah, you just got to you just got to keep on researching until you find like find the right piece of evidence ultimately the joy of this genre this science is that there are parts of it that just are unknown that's the entire point is that we're questioning we're seeking Mm -hmm. and you might not get a concrete answer knowing that the titanic is on the bottom of the atlantic ocean is like a pretty concrete (laughs) answer and i'm gonna die on that sword but uh there are a lot of aspects where it's just like yeah we don't know we don't know to that point the picture that we're gonna post like i don't know we don't know. It could be a lot of things. Well, it does look face-like, yeah. but it could be a number of other things. So you just have to kind of well, look at be okay Andre's, with that. Andre's story, he doesn't know what it was. He said it that. could be, and that's what, yes. And that's what Thank I loved you, about his stories. Like, I don't know if that was a prisoner from a Japanese internment camp. But he knows his experience. Yeah. yeah. That is, and that is the human experience. Totally. And that is something that you cannot deny or you it. cannot, like, pan over to the side that is the human (laughs) experience and that's what i mentioned so much about my Mm. paranormal journeys like we really don't know what we're dealing with and people like to water it down by oh no it's a poltergeist oh no it's a residual oh no it's a demon and it's like we don't know yeah we really don't know we're not great with not knowing we really like (laughs) black and white concrete yeah things and i do too i like evidence i like numbers i like knowing what i know Mm -hmm. it's just not the case all the time and sometimes you just have to kind of sit in that discomfort exactly oh so wise i know (laughs) (laughs) so guys that is some of the haunts of what makes pomona one of the most or in 2015 one of the most haunted cities in california but we will be covering other cities too there's a ton of them fullerton we're looking at you the cellar we got you in our radar Mm. of course we have ontario we have the redlands that place is crazy Riverside. In general, truly. (laughs) (laughs) The Inland Empire. You guys got a lot of crazy haunts. Riverside, you're one of them, definitely. I love it. I mean, Santa Ana, you're up there, too. I mean, there's so many amazing places outside to venture to and travel. We still have places like that ghost town by by Santa Clarita. Girl. We got to go Zachariah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Can you imagine me recording you in a ghost town i, ref- I refuse to imagine such i have a to plane. go to a costco and get two trays of cheese cubes <laughs> yeah it's gonna take at least two <laughs> all right guys thank you so much for tuning in if you love hollywood paranormal yes. podcast please feel free to drop us a line write a review please give us a five-star yes, rating please. on apple Podcasts. you can also listen to us on spotify on deezer on amazon podcast wherever you get your podcast fix also, if you want to stalk us a little more, you can find us on our webpage, page, 
hollyweirdparanormal.com. There you can venture our bios, past episodes and seasons, our merch store, and yes. also our Patreon page. Yes. You can also find us on our socials at Hollywood Paranormal on Facebook and TikTok and at HWP Podcast on Twitter. Speaking of Patreon, you could become a Patreon member for yes. as little as $1 or more per month. If you head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash Hollywood Paranormal, you can learn more on how to become a Patreon member and help support the podcast. And you'll also be given gifts in terms of pins, coasters, stickers and magnets yes. and greeting cards. And you'll also be automatically inducted into our secret podcast society mm. of Saturday Night Ghost Club. Mm. And I got a nice juicy one. Yes. yes. Oh, do I have a nice juicy one of a haunted theater here in downtown Los Angeles? They all are. They all are. So you want to definitely go and check that out. If you yes. can't get enough of Hollywood Paranormal, then you can definitely binge on those episodes through our Patreon page. And always remember, guys, to stay Hollyweird. Do it. Do it. Yes, it looks <laughs> great on you. It looks amazing. <laughs> Stay, stay weird. <laughs> Bryce, do you have anything else you want to say? Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs> stay Holly weird. Take care. <laughs>